Welcome back to the Fighting for Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jody Blick. Today, I get to introduce you to a really sweet family friend of ours. Her name is Addie Scheiman, and at 16 years old, she is the youngest guest that I've had on the podcast so far. But you will be blown away by her maturity and strength as she shares her story today. In 2017, Addie was involved in a terrible accident, and she lost her right arm. Her story reminds us that difficult and traumatic things don't just come later in life, and that we need to always be prepared for hard things, and we need to prepare our kids for hard things. The timing of this conversation is special because April is Limb Loss Awareness Month. Every day presents Addie with challenges, and she has done a really beautiful job of sharing the realities of what living with limb loss practically looks like on social media. And her perseverance and positive attitude are just flat out inspiring and a picture of hope and pressing on through hard stuff. I admire Addie so much. I admire her courage, her openness, and her beautiful fight for joy. And I know you will too. So thanks for listening today. And here is our conversation. Hi, Addie. Hi. Well, you and I have gotten to know each other mainly through your friendship with my girls. Both Justine and Grace absolutely adore you, and you've just become really special to our whole family. So when you reached out about being on the podcast, I jumped at the chance to have this conversation with you, Addie. So thank you for being here with me to record this episode. Yes, I'm really excited to be here. Good. Well, let's let's start by having you introduce yourself. Okay. Um, my name's Addie. I'm 16 years old. I'm a sophomore at Arlington High School. I have two siblings. Um, I have a passion for swimming and social media and yeah. Good. Well, one of the reasons why I was excited to have you on the podcast is because you're a teenager who's fighting for joy. And so far, I've just had um, adults on to share their stories, but hard things don't just come later in life. Often they can hit us early on as children or as teenagers and I'm obviously very aware of this in our own family because in our home we have three kids who lost their brother and had their whole world turned upside down when they were only 14, 11, and 9. And so I'm really thankful for your willingness to be here today and give the unique perspective that you have now as a teenager as you're walking through life-changing and life-altering circumstances. So Mm -hmm. let's have you just take a few minutes to share what happened and what has caused you to begin a more serious fight for joy. Okay, so almost two summers ago, July of 2017, I was in a UTV rollover accident resulting in the loss of my right arm. Um, I was life-flighted from the accident scene to UNMC in Omaha, um, just due to the amount of blood I was losing. So yeah, then after that, I started my recovery. They amputated my arm there, and yeah. Hmm. Well, I I remember that day so well, Addie, and um, it really affected our girls. I mean, they love you, of course, but it it just it triggered some of their grief too, as they knew mm-hmm. and had experienced firsthand how quickly life can change and the heaviness that comes along with these circumstances. So even though you were special to us before the accident, um, you're really never far from our hearts now. And I'm sorry that this has happened to you. And even though you strive to be so positive and grateful, Addie, I just, I do want to acknowledge that this is really hard Mm -hmm. and worthy to be grieved and processed and shared. So 
Thank you for sharing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you able to remember and describe kind of how you felt when you were told that you'd lost your arm? Yes. um, I was in a total state of shock. I mean, in the helicopter, I had kept asking. I kept asking the paramedics, like, do you think they're going to save my arm? Or Mm. do you think I'm even going to live? And they, you know, they kept looking at each other, like, what do we tell her? Like, and Mm -hmm. I knew they were they were just hesitant on what to even say to me not to get my hopes up but not to Mm. you know so I kind of knew going into surgery that I wasn't sure if I would come out with an arm or not Mm. and then so coming out of surgery I didn't have my arm I was alone in this curtained room and Mm. um, I kind of just you know I looked at my arm and I said you know this is how it's going to be and I'm just going to have to move on Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was just really in a state of shock. Reality really didn't hit until I got home from the hospital when visitors were starting to stop. They stopped coming, mm-hmm. you know, I, reality really set in Yeah, is when I realized I was like, wow, this is, this is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's bizarre when everybody else's life goes on. And um, you're still stuck in your, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes the reality hasn't even hit you yet. Mm-hmm. And yet, um, you know, people are kind of done visiting and, and loving on you mm-hmm. and kind of go back yes. to normal. So do, have you, um, I know a lot of times when people have something traumatic happen or when they lose a loved one like our family has, um, it, it kind of, you can start to look at life like before and after mm-hmm. and kind of have that kind of mindset. I know I do that. I'll, I'll look at a picture of me before Jackson died and I just feel like a totally different person. Or if I see a picture that somebody took of me after he died, I can, I can just see the brokenness in me, even when I'm smiling or, um, if I'm trying to remember like when a certain event happened, I just automatically think, wait, was that before or after Jackson died? And I'm just wondering if you do anything like that too. I mean, obviously your physical body looks different, but what are your thoughts as you look and think about your life before the accident versus after the accident? Um, you know, I definitely do think of myself as two different people at times, especially when looking at pictures of me with two arms. Mm-hmm. Feels like a different lifetime, like you said. Mm-hmm. I was always a happy kid, just like even before the accident, just living a normal middle school life. Um, I don't think much has changed. I was just frustrated in, in the beginning, and at times I still am, but I don't think the happiness in me ever faded away completely Mm -hmm. it just took me a while to find it again Mm -hmm. and so you know I videos really get me I look Mm. at videos and I'm like oh my gosh like I wish I could have that again I try not to dwell on what happened or the past but you know I do think like wow yeah was that you know I think like did this happen before you know like you said yeah yeah and there's a lot of similarities for me too I mean videos of course for for us too it's just oh man I wish we were all here again Mm -hmm. or oh I wish it was the six of us again we called ourselves the Blick Six and um so yeah it is it's just um such a contrast from life before and life after Mm -hmm. um well let's let's talk about swimming okay (laughs) um it's kind of how my girls got to know you and the sport has been and is still a big part of who you are so Tell us a little bit about the role that swimming has played in your life, both before the accident and now since the accident. All right. So I've always had a passion for swimming. I started competitively swimming around age seven. Okay. It was always just my escape from reality, even more so now, post-accident. I was very hesitant about swimming, getting back in the water after um, being out of the hospital, but you know, Coach David, mm-hmm. he would not let me pass <laughs> up. He would not let me yeah. give up without getting in the water at least one time. Mm. And so that's all I really needed was to just jump in the water one time. 
um, feel what it was like again, and mm. I was hooked, you know, it, it just reminded me how much love I had for the sport, and so I don't think I would be in the water without Coach David, you know, encouraging mm-hmm. me, because mm-hmm. my parents kind of let everything up to me. They mm-hmm. didn't want to pressure me into doing anything. They said, you know, you, they would always be like, well, you love swimming so much, and I knew, like, I still had that love for it, but I was just hesitant, like, if I still could, mm-hmm. and so David mm-hmm. showed me that I can, mm-hmm. like, and the whole team was there cheering me on, so mm. it was it was great. Yeah. Was it scary? Was it sad? Was it fun? Was it all the things together? Like, you know, what did it feel like? I was just like a pool of emotions. It was. I bet. After I took my first couple strokes, I had gone from you know the old pool, mm-hmm. like one side of the deep end to the other, so a really short distance. Mm-hmm. But I had made it without stopping, and it was just it mm. was like I I was excited that I could still swim. You yeah. Know, if yeah. it looks different, okay, but I could still move through the water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned you had the team there cheering you on and Coach David, and, and I know swimming has given you a really special community. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I imagine it just gives you inspiration too to keep working hard and mm-hmm. setting goals. And you mentioned you're working with a trainer now to get stronger for the pool. And and so I'm happy you're still swimming, Addie, and, it, and that it um, has helped keep you going. Um, what are a few other things that have, have been a help to you these past uh, almost two years? Um, my family definitely is my biggest support system. They've been there for me since day one. They never really gave up on me and continually encouraged me to keep going during my recovery and still to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, my community also, the Arlington community, Fremont, swimming community, every mm-hmm. little community I have, mm-hmm. um, from teachers to coaches, my friends, um, they're always so supportive. So if I'm ever feeling down, I can, there's someone always right there. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. What about faith? Has that played a role in your recovery or maybe just where were you at with God when the accident happened or where are you with him now? Um, I've always, you know, had my doubts. Well, before I was always, you know, I went to confirmation church. I was really into it. And when the accident happened, I kept asking why, why mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. Why did you choose me? And um, uh, I just felt like it wasn't right for me. I felt like I hadn't done anything wrong, so why did he choose me? Mm-hmm. But then as my recovery went on, I started to trust his process, and I thought, well, maybe he's using me for something better, for something good. Um, maybe he's using me to inspire others who are going through something hard. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like he was using me in a way that he couldn't before the accident, mm-hmm. and I felt like... Um, maybe this is right and maybe something good will come out of this and I stopped doubting. I finished my confirmation. Pastor Steph came uh, to me in the hospital and Hmm. I had missed confirmation camp and she always stressed, you guys have to go to confirmation (laughs) camp. You can't get confirmed if you don't go to confirmation camp. And she came in. I was like, do I still get confirmed because I missed (laughs) confirmation camp? But yeah, I... You know, and in the beginning, I was really doubtful. I was like, why would why would God put this on me? And then I felt like I could start handling it as time went on. Mm-hmm. And um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely trust the process now more than I did, for sure. Yeah, good. Well, one of the things that really helped Eric and me shortly after Jackson died was attending a grief retreat with some other couples who mm-hmm. had also lost a child. And 
you had an amazing opportunity to connect with others in situations similar to yours as well recently. So please share a little bit about this trip. I, I loved seeing the pictures, but I've been looking forward to hearing a little bit more about how you got connected with this group and how the trip impacted you. So tell us a little bit about um, who led the, the trip and what um, how you were impacted. Okay, so the retreat is called the Beautifully Flawed Retreat. Um, girls between the ages 15 and 25 can attend. Um, you had to have undergone like a traumatic um, experience that resulted in the loss of at least one limb. And um, so like Bethany Hamilton is there the whole week we're there and she encourages us through her faith and she just shares her story even though everyone probably knows it. Will you just give a quick summary in case somebody doesn't? Oh yeah. <laughs> so she was um, on Halloween. She was 13 years old and she was out surfing. She lived in Kauai, Hawaii and um, she's out surfing with her best friend Alana and they were just hanging out on the surfboard and a shark bit her arm and um came off at the scene and so hmm. she had recovered and like she inspires everyone she mm -hmm. is a professional surfer now she has two kids a husband mm -hmm. she's what is the movie that thriving was about soul her? surfer soul surfer that's right yes yeah and i know mm -hmm. grace has done she's got a devotional i think too oh really um yeah that grace has gone through um that she wrote too so so she did some sharing and some teaching or yes. what yeah encouraging so she was there so every day we'd have like a different speaker there okay um there's like a bunch of different like group leaders and they would share their stories and how they overcame and hmm. Bethany's was one of the main ones and she was there with her kids and her husband and it was hmm. just so cool to be able to watch her like raise her kids with yeah. one arm it's it, like I always have my doubts like am I ever going to be able to raise my my kid mm -hmm. and yeah. she just gave all of us girls hope you know from the ages 15 to 25 mm -hmm. you're starting to think about your future and we all have our doubts about whether or not we're going to be able to raise kids the right way with only yeah. one arm. And she is just a perfect example that you can do that. Yeah. So it was really great to see that. And, um, yeah, so. Yeah, I totally get that, Addie. I mean, I, that was one of the things I wondered too. And I've had to look at people who have walked ahead of me too, is just, can I continue to be an engaged um, mom with a broken heart, mm -hmm. right? Like I, I didn't know if I could continue to press on and be the kind of mom I wanted to be or the kind of wife I wanted to be mm -hmm. or the kind of friend I wanted to be um, after having endured this really, really hard traumatic loss, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. so, yeah, to kind of watch people who have walked ahead of me who are a few years further along in grief um, has helped me and inspired me and encouraged me and given me yeah the strength that I need to be like okay it's possible I'm seeing mm -hmm. other people do it beautifully yes and so um yeah things like that when you are able to be with people who are in your similar situation um it's so helpful yes yes <laughs> so mm -hmm. helpful are you able to keep in touch with Bethany or with some of the other girls have did yes. you make some good friendships yes I yeah. one friendship that will stick with me forever is um, a girl named Maddie, she came from Australia, her oh, first wow. time in the U.S. Wow. She was in a water skiing accident, and she lost her left arm, mm. and I plan on going, She come. she's going to come to the retreat again oh, next good. year, so oh, we can so meet we up again. Every year? Yes, okay. every year. Okay. You have to apply for it and hopefully get accepted. Okay. It was like the best day ever when I got accepted. Oh, I bet. I bet. So, I'm did hoping... Did you find out about it on social media, or how did you find um, out about it? Um, I'm Oh, so one of the girls that attended the retreat last year, okay, or the year before I went, she um, 
reached out to me and she's like hey you should look at this retreat okay it's really fun so I got in it that way and then I met Maddie and um Hmm. I asked my parents if my graduation gift could be to go to Australia oh and visit her because I have a connection there and so it'd be be awesome yeah yeah so that's like Mm -hmm. good to plant that seed Mm -hmm. ahead of time yeah (laughs) well and I'm sure it's it's helpful too to be reminded of all of the different ways that an accident can happen right and that you can go through something like this because that has helped me too with just talking to so many different parents who have lost their children in different ways it kind of helps with some of the the feelings of um you know why did this have to happen the way that it did or Mm -hmm. maybe if Jackson hadn't been out that night with his friends Mm -hmm. or you know same with you like what if I hadn't been but when you hear all of these different stories and all of these different situations you kind of are like okay I mean this this can happen anytime any place anyway Mm -hmm. and so um it takes away some of that as far as it did for me anyway as far as just kind of second guessing some of that stuff yeah. Um, well, one thing that I wanted to tell you while you're here with me today is that you use Instagram so well, Addie, and you're very mature in what you post and what you share and what you talk about. And I just love following you. And I learn a lot from you. And I know my girls do, too. And you recently shared that the month of April is Limb Loss Awareness Month. And so this month you've been sharing videos um, of how you have had to learn to do various tasks in new ways, things like tying your shoes and painting your nails and fixing your hair. And it's been really important, Addie. It's been really important. And I'm so glad you've been um, showing everyone um, how hard you're working at these things. And it gives us insight into just, yeah, what your daily challenges are and the realities of what living with limb loss um, practically looks like, but mm-hmm. it also just shows us your be- beautiful um, determination and the things you're working so hard to accomplish. And I just want you to know that that inspires all of us then to press on in our own difficult circumstances and to not give up and to try things again, maybe in a different way. Um, it also helps us to know that you can do more things than people probably think you can, yes, right? Yes. <laughs> and so, uh, and you want to learn to do these things yeah. and you need to. Mm-hmm. And so as I watch these videos, um, I'm just wondering, what else do you want people to know about limb loss? Um, I want people to know that limb loss does not define a person. Just because I only have three full limbs does not mean I'm disabled. And I think people get that mixed up or confused sometimes. hmm But people are always wanting to help me in any way they can, which is great when I actually need the help. Mm -hmm. And I want others to know that I am capable of doing just about everything anyone else can. But if I do need help, then I can, then I will speak up and ask, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, But for the most part, I will, I will at least try to complete the task. And if I can, I will ask. So Mm -hmm. I just wish people would know that. Mm they could leave me be until I speak up for myself and obviously people that know me will do that Mm -hmm. and they'll just be they'll you know wait back until I say like oh can you help me with Mm -hmm. this so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah do you get a lot of questions I mean when you're when you're swimming or when you're just out with friends I mean how do people typically respond to you um I mean, for me in grief, sometimes people say weird things, but then mm-hmm. sometimes don't yeah. people don't say anything. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm trying with this podcast to help people better know how to interact and encourage people who are in the midst of something difficult. So what questions do you like people to ask and what questions don't you like people to ask? Okay, well, I definitely get questions on the daily, whether it is <laughs> about bet. my swimming, my daily tasks, how I cope or 
just out in public with friends. Um, the most frequent question askers are children, which is great because kids just speak what mm-hmm. is on their mind. Yeah. Whereas adults will awkwardly stare until I mm. walk away. Mm. In my like idea of a perfect world, nobody would stare or point, but instead approach me and ask what happened. Hmm. It is human nature to be curious. I get it because I am too. But staring, pointing, or mumbling to your neighbor mm-hmm. <laughs> um, about someone's difference is so much worse than actually approaching us and asking what happened. And I think I can speak for the whole amputee community when I say this because, mm. yeah. you know, I'm perfectly fine with someone coming up and asking me, hey, like, what happened to your arm? I noticed you're missing your arm. Mm-hmm. Like, um, do you mind sharing what happened mm-hmm. rather than someone just looking and staring? Because that honestly is more awkward than... yeah just asking and I'm totally fine with that and Mm I feel that um every other amputee can say the same thing the same way Mm -hmm. so what about um phantom pain you had mentioned that on your Instagram story too um is that common in the whole amputee community as well yes everyone who has had four limbs and had one amputated will have phantom pain Mm. most likely for the rest of your life Mm. um it is not always a pain but um it's basically a sensation or feeling that your limb is still there. Mm. It's like when your foot falls asleep or your hand falls asleep, that's what it feels like, but it's at the end of your residual limb, and Mm. the doctors say that it'll never go away, but it's not always a a pain, and Mm -hmm. the pain feels like someone, for me at least, I don't know how it is for everyone else, but for me, when it's painful, it feels like somebody's, like, stomping on my hand, Mm. or, like, needles are, like, pressing into my hand, or someone's, like, squeezing my hand. Mm but I can't really do anything about it. Um, But otherwise, like right now, all I'm feeling is my hand just like tingling, like it'd Mm. be falling asleep. Mm -hmm. It's not a pain, it's just like a sensation. Mm -hmm. And so I will have that for the rest of my life. And most Mm. of the time I don't even notice, um, but when I'm like doing tasks with my residual limb, I can kind of feel it, so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's also how I operate my prosthetic arm is with um, the muscles in my residual limb. So, mm-hmm. so you do have a prosthetic arm. So how yes. often do you wear that or use um, that? I mean, I use it when I definitely need it. I went through therapy, um, to use it and I got frustrated a lot because, you know, it doesn't work like a regular arm would. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but yeah, I will use it when I do, when I really do need it or I kind of use it to fill my sleeves sometimes mm-hmm. when I, when I don't uh, want to wrap my sleeve up Mm -hmm. but um I think when I'm older I kind of got it because the doctor said that if I don't get my prosthetic now then later on in life it's going to be so much harder to get Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. so I think that when I'm older a mom someday then I will need it um more but Mm -hmm. for right now I'm I'm pretty good without it yeah well I'm sure there are days that everything just (laughs) feels like too much right I mean yes Um, and that you break down and that just to me feels extremely normal and appropriate and to be expected. Um, and so with this podcast being called fighting for joy, I'm just wondering when that happens and when you get discouraged and when you break down, um, how do you recover? How do you pick yourself back up and keep fighting for joy? Oh yeah, you're right. I definitely have those days Mm -hmm. where it seems like nothing is going my way. Sometimes all I want to do is give up, just shut down for the day. Mm-hmm. But when I am feeling this way, I write my thoughts down in a journal that mm-hmm. I did receive at the Beautifully Flawed Retreat. Oh, good. Um, at the bottom of every page, there's a Bible verse that includes my name in it. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of, uh, it lifts my spirits uh, when I can write everything that I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. 
And another way that I pick myself up is by going for a swim. Mm -hmm. Usually it's practice, but it gets my mind off of things. And I, it also reminds me why I need to keep, um, going and moving on with life. You Mm -hmm. know, one little setback, um, Mm -hmm. I try not to keep it, um, from, you know, uh, living just regular life. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a friend give me, I think it's probably that same journal, like, where every, really uh-huh, on the bottom and it says like Addie yes. you are you know I yes. love it me too I love it so much is it spiral bound and just yes kind of, yeah I, mm-hmm. I bet it's the same yeah one. I wish I, I would have brought it. it but like it just feels so personal to you mm-hmm. I agree yeah Which every I love. page the mm-hmm. verses are just so appropriate too. yes yeah I love it oh, that's so special. yeah I usually write like what I'm feeling I find a verse that kind of relates to it mm-hmm. so when I look back I can be you know yeah mm-hmm. that's a special gift I mean I've yes. thought of that a number of times that yeah that's a good thing to give to people yeah um, what kind of things, so that's how you kind of keep fighting for joy. What kind of things threaten to steal your joy? I mean, what do you struggle with that can hinder you from being joyful? Is it comparison or fear or blame? Like what are, what are some things that, that can rob you of joy? Um, most of the time it's comparison. Like I'm different or, um, I always compare myself to others. Like, why am I not like them or, you know, mm-hmm. and so that, you know, that really puts a damper on uh, just like living like how I used to you know I always think like well if I had this if I had that I'm always you know comparing mm-hmm. but you know then I think about it I'm like but what about all these experiences I've had and mm-hmm. so I try to like do like the pros and cons list and I try to mm-hmm. you know do that and but mm-hmm. really comparison is what robs me of joy yeah yeah me too mm-hmm. it's hard um, another hard realization in this in this broken world is that even though something hard you know happens um, like it has to you and to me, um, it still doesn't make us exempt from other hard things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen that in my own life and in the lives of friends and family, and we both have seen it these past few weeks in our community as people have experienced such loss and devastation with the flooding here in Nebraska and your family is one of the many who was affected um, by the flooding and it's just been mm-hmm. on the forefront of my mind these last few weeks and a number of my listeners have been checking in to ask how everything is going here so I was wondering if you'd maybe share just a little bit about how you guys are doing how your family was impacted and maybe just what kind of perspective you have because of what you've already been walking through um you know the flooding did hit our house um pretty hard but I'd say that others have it way worse than us so we are really grateful that we still have our home because I know many, they can't even live in their home, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. our basement did get a few feet, and um, Mm -hmm. a lot of our stuff was water damaged, and we had to tear out the walls and the floor, and, you know, so that was really frustrating on my family, and my dad did a lot of work to get our basement, um, the smell, the everything, Mm -hmm. just make it so we could live there, Mm -hmm. and we are so proud of him for all of his hard work, and Mm -hmm. I think it really you know, what we've been through as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, the accident, I think, really brought us together as a family. And I know anything ahead of us or like this flood, for example, you know, we think, oh, we've been through so much. This flood is really, yeah. I mean, we can make it through a, yeah. a flood if we can, you know, mm-hmm. come together after, you know, losing my arm and stuff. But yeah, yeah. so I think, I mean, obviously it was so frustrating for my parents, mm-hmm. you know, just trying everything now like the electricity and all that stuff Mm -hmm. it's that's all frustrating but we know that 
we can get through it. Yeah, you so. do have an amazing family. Yes, you for really sure. You really do, Addie, and for I sure. didn't know them very well. I still don't know them that well, but just watching you guys and seeing how they've walked through this with mm-hmm. you and um, and like you said, how they have um, not pushed you, but really um, given you the freedom to walk through this um, at you know the pace that you are able mm-hmm. to and encouraged you in swimming. And, um, and so, but that's, I mean, what I've learned too is that's not a guarantee that when families go through hard stuff, it isn't always that the family gets closer. Mm-hmm. And so I think you and I can both um, be very grateful for that. Cause yes. I can say that about our family too, that walking through Jackson's death has made us extremely close as a family. And we do feel like we can, we can tackle anything now yes. together. Yes. Um, but I know that isn't true for everybody. And, um, and so I'm really, really happy for you that, um, that your family has stayed tight through this whole thing. Yes. Um, well, we talked about swimming, and I know you have um, plans with that in the future. What are you hoping to do uh, swimming-wise in the future? Um, my goal, um, I know that 2020 is coming up so fast, and I um, I would have to make a really big team to go to Tokyo for the Paralympics this year. So I'm trying to strive for 2024, okay. which is in Paris, yeah. I believe. Oh, wow. And I would love, love, love to go there Yeah. and pursue my dreams of being in the Paralympics. So... You know, Paralympics was obviously never a thought in my brain before. Right. And so now this opportunity sparked. And I, I even after the accident, I had no idea what the Paralympics was. But David's like, I did some researching on the Paralympics. I think you should like. Hmm. So David got certified to be my coach and we've been traveling. Um, I made an emerging cut. There's like three tiers and emerging is the lowest tier. And I'm trying to work my way up so that I can make traveling teams. And so awesome that's kind of what I'm training for right now with Angie my trainer and um my coach and stuff we're just trying to get up in those higher times so that I can make a travel team awesome and so yeah and then I I would like to swim in college as well oh okay good yeah good what are some things you're looking forward to just in the coming year this summer or are you gonna lifeguard again well um I don't plan on lifeguarding I plan on being a nanny for a family in Arlington so I'm really excited about that yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll just train this summer and okay. Annie. Yeah. Um, well, when hard things happen, um, like we've been talking about, the deep fight for joy is crucial, but um, it's important to find simple things in the daily, mm-hmm. smaller things in life. So um, I see you embracing many of these things as I kind of follow you on social media, but what are a couple of simple joys that you're loving right now? And it really can be anything, anything that's kind of sparking your joy on a daily basis. Um, daily basis. I don't know. Just what are you loving about spring or yeah. You know, I do love warm weather. Like (laughs) I would like, if I could live in a warm weather state all year round, I, I would love to, but, um, I don't know. I enjoy like the little things I like reading and, um, drinking coffee. I love shopping. Shopping is probably shouldn't get into it too much, but I love it. Um, but yeah, you know, just like doing normal things that um, every other person mm-hmm. would do, like forgetting about my mm-hmm. um, limb is just like, like I can just escape it, you know, yeah. and like doing little things like that and then I forget about it. Yeah. You know, that, that brings me joy. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Well, as we finish up, I'm just wondering if you have kind of a final message or encouragement. Um, It doesn't have to be for other teenagers. It can be, but just really for anybody who is dealing with hard situations right now, have gone through something traumatic, um, what do you want to leave them with? Um, You know, no matter how hard you think life is going for you or how hard 
um, it's been with whatever you've been through. Um, it sounds so, you know, typical, but to never give up, there's always someone there. There's always going to be someone there for you. If you just create a community of people who have been through what you've been through, it makes life so much easier. You know, what you're going through, if you can relate to others. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, like, encourage people to find someone like them. Um, and it's just so easy to connect once you've found that person or that community. And so I just say, you know, whatever you're going through, it's, it is really easy, just even with social media these days, to find a community and embrace it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I agree. I mean, I think that social media can get a bad rap and sometimes yes. that's justified. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, it is a way, um, if you're walking through something unique, um, to find other people. Yes. And to develop um, a community that even if it can be, even if it's long distance, um, can provide you just a unique help mm-hmm. and make you feel not so alone. Yes. Um, and like you said, too, not isolating yourself, but letting other people in and reaching out. And um, that can be such a practical help when you're in the midst of something really, really mm-hmm. hard. Yes, Well, sure. Addie, you are such a special young woman. And Thank you. everybody in our local community knows that, but I'm glad that our listeners have been introduced to you now. And yeah. you're just, you're a light in this broken world and God has already used you in powerful ways. Um, you've encouraged people and inspired people and helped others, but um, I know he has other amazing things ahead for you too, and I can't wait to follow you and see what those are. So keep pressing forward and um, I'm just blessed to know you and watch your beautiful fight for joy. Thank you, Jody. Thanks, Addie. Thank you so much for listening today. If you were helped or encouraged by this episode, please share it with others. I would also love for you to find me on social media. You can connect with me and others who are listening on my Fighting for Joy podcast page on either Facebook or Instagram. You can also send me an email at fightingforjoypodcast at gmail.com. Podcasts have been such a lifeline for me in grief and one of the top ways that my soul is recharged and encouraged on a weekly basis. I truly hope that this podcast will do the same for you. Keep fighting for joy.